dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, episode 20 of the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how was your week, buddy? Um, <laughs> I don't know what's 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 worse than straight trash, you know? Uh, Hot, wet garbage. There you go. I uh, the big twenty, you know, and I, I just we we've come a long way. Sure, not as podcasters, we're both still terrible, but mm-hmm. as as football fans, I have really dove off a cliff in terms of my outlook and hopes yeah. for my team. Uh, yeah, I I don't think I've I've been this low since we went one to fifteen. Uh, and Greg Camarillo, you know, scored that touchdown for us and saved our saved our yes. season from being winless. And you know, I think that <sighs> this week, I, I I was realizing I feel like in game, I was like. We're both really bad teams. Yes, and the 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 realization obviously was not that the Jags was a bad team because I, you know you guys were already bad. But my mm-hmm. my realization was I I still had the hope that we were going to turn it around and go on a stretch with Tua coming back. And after or during the game, the decisions we were making, I thought. I'm not going to see this team have a winning record in years. I think Mm -hmm. that last year was a complete fluke. And I have doubts now about things that I was so sure of, like our coaching staff. I liked things that our GM did. And now, you know, I'm looking at, I kind of was like putting the negatives aside and kind of like well he's done so well they've done so well with what they've had they made these picks uh so these other picks i just put aside and then we have a couple injuries and we have these first and second rounders that we selected out there and they're at just they're so bad and you realize like maybe this is it like maybe we're gonna have to restart again mm-hmm. and we're just gonna have to start from scratch again and you know, I go on Twitter and it's all Deshaun Watson stuff. And all that screams to me is desperation because mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson's not going to fix our team and it's going to potentially set us back even farther. We will be the Houston Texans basically of the league with Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. which is what, you know, they go to the playoffs and they lose their first game as a peak. So, you know, we just, there's a lot wrong with with the dolphins right now and it's it's bleak well this is supposed to be the uh shooting the shit part of the <laughs> podcast casey this is this is well, the it's a, it's friendly a, back and forth banter it's a it's a football podcast mm-hmm. and you said episode 20 and it just kind of made me think that we've done 20 episodes of this yeah and it's gone from i'm on top of the world to yeah. and I'm going to take a line from my favorite show on TV right now, Succession. We are in the shit show at the fuck factory because it's just, it's just, it's terrible. It 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 cannot be any worse 
as a Dolphins fan than it is right now. Hmm. And I mean, and so, and honestly, Sunday, Sunday feels like it's so long ago, even though it's only three days ago, but, um, you know, it, it, we're still a football pot, you know, a podcast about the Dolphins and Jags. And it's just like, I thought we were years ahead of the Jags, but it turns out we're years behind the Jags at this point. I don't, I, I don't even know what to say to you right now. Um, Casey, what are you drinking? Uh, Vega Blonde Ale. Mm. Trying to drown away my sorrows, baby. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. Uh, let's just let's just let's keep going, Casey. You put this you put this podcast in a somber somber state, and I don't know how to bring us back from there. Let's talk about me running. You know what, Casey? I ran again, barely, but I did it. My schedule is just so wonky. I understand that they like to keep people working different shifts at the old Publix, but my God, is it hard to get into any kind of routine? But I ran one time since last week. Hopefully, I'll be able to get into it more. That's all I got for the Olympic extravaganza. Yeah, not not knowing what days I was working mm-hmm. every week would be tough. I, I I can see that, like not having a mm-hmm. set schedule every week. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can, I can definitely see that. Being and I've had a set schedule for like five years. So right, it's pretty crazy going to like my schedule changing every week. They do yeah. give you like two weeks ahead of time, but it's still hard to like get some, any kind of rhythm with what's going on. Like, yeah, I mean, today to- I worked six o'clock in the morning till one o'clock in the afternoon. And tomorrow I work five o'clock at night till 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. It's like, what? Sure. Sure. And you know, Jess, even for like us, like, you know, we obviously have set schedules and, but Jess is, we had, is taking this weekend off as we're going to my parents. Mm-hmm. And so she worked this previous weekend and that yeah. threw me for a loop. Like she yeah. worked Monday and I was like, this should be Friday. What yeah. day of the week what is it? Like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know when, you know when I am right now. I think that lend itself to why I feel like Sunday so long ago is because she worked three or four days in a row. Um, but yeah, I just, um, anyway, I, 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 I understand the the issues of having yeah. a unset schedule. Yeah, it's, it's 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 nice because I'm getting these random Sundays off that I wasn't getting off before. But the give and take is I have literally no clue when I'm going to work. Uh, Casey, one of our reviews, and also if you'd like to review us, please go ahead and do that on iTunes. One of our one of our reviews previously said that we are a podcast that uh, skips the hot takes, and people enjoy that. Another thing that I would like to do as a podcast that tries to stray away from the ESPN hot takes is when we when we have a take, Casey, and it's wrong, I would I am going to revisit it. And here right now, episode 20, week what is this? Week 6 going into week 7. I would like to make a formal apology and also an analogy after the apology for my steadfast denial of Jalen Hurts as a top 10 fantasy quarterback, Casey. I was wrong. I made a mistake. Anybody who followed my advice and did not draft Jalen Hurts and it is hurting your team. Huh? See, Hurts hurting your team. Um, 
I apologize. I forgot that this player existed. And Casey, I'm going to take you back to 2016. You and I's budding lifelong friendship was hitting its peak. We were watching football together. We were, we were, yeah, it's all been, it's all been downhill from there. It was like our honeymoon, but there was a player in 2016. I guess let's do Hertz first. So Hertz currently has a 63% completion percentage, 1,480 passing yards, eight touchdowns, four interceptions, 300 yards with five rushing touchdowns. Much to kind of what you were saying, it's not a good quarterback. They are doing some a lot of stuff in garbage time, and the rushing is, is really assisting him. So now, Casey, I would like you to guess this 2016 player. Okay. 59% completion, 3,905 passing yards, 23 touchdowns to 16 interceptions, 359 rushing yards with three touchdowns. This player finished ninth in f- quarterback rankings and fantasy, and his football team went 3-13 and in the year of 2016. Blake Bortles. This is Blake Bortles. I yeah. forgot that Blake Bortles mm-hmm. existed, Casey, and I apologize to everybody for doing that. That's all I got. That's my apology. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I try to tell you, right. There, there is a difference between a good quarterback and a good quarterback in fantasy. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts is the definition of a good quarterback in fantasy that probably yeah. will not make it past this year as a Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. Right. But that's not what we were talking about. I, you know, he's going to get yards with his legs and he's going to make ridiculous throws deep. And, you know, they're going to mm. cost them interceptions and things like that but interceptions are only minus two points he's gonna gonna connect with those passes too and they're gonna be down a lot too because their defense is trash right yeah and you know it's the connections of course are going to be much more than the interceptions and that's that's the one thing with fantasy it's just like there is a little bit of a disconnect there in terms of what's a fantasy good uh player and what's a reality good player and um yeah, I mean, my my initial take was that he was going to be so bad passing that he was going to be a liability to the team, and that's not necessarily what's happening. I mean, two to one touchdown to interception ratio is okay, and his completion percentage is definitely not where you want it to be for a quarterback. But I mean, it he hasn't he hasn't killed his team as much as I thought he was going to. So here's your Jalen Hurts apology from me. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll apologize, too, to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I I definitely thought you were <laughs> going to be trash last week, and uh, it turns out that you guys are uh, going to be quite good. So, whoops, Man, they, but they played their best game on defense all year last week and looked very good. If they can, if they can maintain that level of defense for the rest of the year, then they're going to be looking good. Before yeah. this week, they haven't been incredible. Yeah, not. <laughs> I'm not going to judge on one week, but at the same time, Cleveland is facing injury after injury. And mm-hmm. so Baltimore can really capitalize mm-hmm. on that and potentially build a lead in that division that's uh, right. going to be insurmountable. Anyway. All right. Casey, I think we've, again, stretched it on long enough. Would you like to do the week six recap? I think I already covered it. <laughs> but we can we can recap again if you okay. want. <laughs> Dolphins fall to the Jaguars 20-23. to 23. 
Casey, I'll give you my positives and my negatives from the Jaguar side before we dive any deeper if we choose to. My positives. Three for three on field goals, including 250 plus. No turnovers, plus one in the turnover battle. Trevor is incredible every week. We got 20 touches for J-Rob, 17 carries, three catches, and held the Dolphins under four yards a carry. Those are my positives. My negatives, however, Casey, was too many long third downs converted, especially at the beginning of the game for the Dolphins. Uh, Going for it on fourth down is nice, but if you know you're going to do that, why not just run it twice to pick up those two damn yards? Uh, Damian Wilson, who had to start in place of Miles Jack, uh, cannot cover at all. He had an overall grade of 37.2, Casey, with a run blocking grade of 77. His grade got pulled down so bad because his coverage grade was a 29 and a half. He was the worst linebacker in coverage in week six with 50% or more of their team's snaps. Casey, okay, the Jaguars barely pulled this game off. They Neither of these teams deserve to win as we were talking about. The Jaguars and Dolphins alike, I guess. I mean, I was a little surprised by the Dolphins, but it's like... They lose like one or two people, key people to injuries, and it's like there's nothing behind them. It is like a wasteland of backups. Yes. That's for you. Okay, sorry. Um, that was me turning yeah. you off, Casey. Yeah, so uh, it's, a, it's a, I guess it's a miracle, right, that you held us to only 20 points. Uh, because it seemed at times like we could do whatever we wanted against your defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, it was more a, uh, this will be more of a negative on the Dolphins in a second than a, a positive on the Jaguars sure. in terms of your defense. Um, you, you, another stat came up during the game. It was like, you know, however many consecutive games allow 20 points a, a, a game. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, your, your defense – there's, there's not much you can take away from from them that leads you to uh, much hope uh, for their most of those guys' futures. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the offense—it's the same thing, right? Trevor, Trevor looks, Trevor looks good. Um, James, James Robinson—he uh, got a lot of touches. I, you know, I feel like he should have got more touches still and um you know he was yeah, like 20 20 total is not enough i'd still it, like it to go up to about seven more total touches for the per game so like around 27 like he could bust a 40 yard run at any time right um and you know potentially there was one or two that were random and they were called back because of holding something like that and you know i think that um i think that and trevor got sacked i think twice um, which possibly is like the most of the year for Trevor, or at least tied for the most. Um, so it's the most he's been pressured. So you know the offensive line is still scary um, mm-hmm. because they weren't particularly good in pass blocking or run blocking in this game. Um, but you know Trevor's Trevor's still good and he makes the throws when he needs to make them. Mm-hmm. Uh, your play calling is still an issue. It's Bill weird, man. Those third and fourth down calls um, in the, I want to say it was the fourth quarter, were terrible. And, uh, you know, I just, mm. you guys, you, you really did not deserve the game. No. Uh, you, unfortunately, we didn't deserve it more. But 
you know, I, I think that there are still so many issues and I, I, I don't think we can allow this win to cover that, that up for you guys. Uh, but you know, for the things that you want to see, uh, mm-hmm. which is Trevor's growth, uh, you know, there's still that going for you, which is nice. Josh, uh, Josh Allen did have his best game. He didn't have sacks, but he had a ton of hits and hurries and pressures. So I, I do still think that Josh Allen is a, is a piece to build around. The problem is the rest of the defensive line. There's just not really much there. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And there's going to be a trade later on focusing around one of your defensive uh, line players. But oh. I think that um, just a preview, a little, little, little nugget, Thanks. The, 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 the tease for, yeah. for all us. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Everyone cares about the potential track trades that we'll offer in the future. But I think that um, I agree with you. You know, I think there are, don't get me wrong. There are pieces to build around on that defense, but um, not, there's not a lot of pieces to build around on that defense. And, you know, you have a lot of rookies and, you know, of course, Wingard is still out there and it's just. Uh, yeah, Cisco played two snaps. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you you know, you allowed Tua to throw like 440 yards or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. And so it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not ideal if Tua is throwing for that much. Um your yes, your run defense said great. We couldn't get anything going. Uh, Josh Allen specifically made a huge play in that fourth down. Uh, yeah, that basically won the game. Tackling Malcolm right. Brown, he blew up uh, Smythe and got got in the backfield and got him. And I, you know, I think that that won the game for you guys. Honestly, if mm-hmm. we got a first down there, I do think that we would have scored. Um, so again. Partially our play calling, but it doesn't really matter. You, your guys have to make the plays, and he made the play there. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Josh Allen had a great game. Um, on, you, but I think the focus, of course, is Trevor. And, you know, yeah. uh, he's good. He's good. He, you know, um, he has a lot of pressure, you know, and um, he had a lot of pressure, I should say, and uh, not a lot of separation sometimes on, with wide receivers. But, mm-hmm. That he, throw to Marvin Jones in the back of the end zone was insane. Right, it's like he makes those types of throws, and right. if if you have a quarterback to make those those types of throws on one on one, I mean that that is mm-hmm. huge. Um, and being willing to do it year one too, sure, it's nice. So it's nice to see those things. Some those those types of things where that you can't really teach. Um, I think that, that, that they that might have lucked out with Agnew as an offensive weapon. I mean, it will be interesting to see going forward just because of how injured the Dolphins were. If he can actually kind of maintain that level of play as, as a, as a wide receiver, as a guy who came into the league as a defensive back, made his way as a special teamer and is now playing wide receiver for the Jags because of how poor their wide receivers are. If he, continues to play like that. I think he might have sliced himself off a little role as a wide receiver. He had a couple of good toe taps in the last two weeks of keeping being able to keep his feet inbounds on catches and it seems pretty sure handed. Also, I've asked this question twice now on Jaguars Today and not gotten an answer when they do their check the tape Tuesdays with Jeff Lagerman. They don't they they don't know how to scramble rules, man. Trevor 
is so good at scrambling and keeping his eyes up and just wide receivers just stand there flat footed just all the time. They're like, Oh, well my route's over and I'm going to stand here now. And Agnew's like one of the only guys that's like, Oh, I know how to do this. So I don't know if it's like an innate thing or if it's a learned thing. Casey, I do want to talk about the slider play that they, that they pulled off at the end of the game with the five seconds left. Oh yeah. Sure. Not, sure, sure. Not as much the play. I mean, it was perfect, perfectly executed and, why it was perfectly executed, Casey? They practiced that twice a week, multiple times. Why are you doing that? Why are you practicing that play so many times, but you don't know how to QB sneak? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> These are the things that, like, had all of the other stuff not happened this year, I would just give them the benefit of the doubt. But the fact that they practiced that play that they just ran and that tiny tiny percent chance that you're in that situation right over other things that they could be practicing it's just blows my mind but it was a great play worked out perfectly great throw by trevor yeah you um absolutely i i I thought for sure this game was going into overtime and Mm -hmm. i was gonna die um at that moment um but you converted it and i was kind of really deep down rooting for you guys to make the field goal because I wanted it to end. It was yeah. like us making the, I, I, us winning that game was going to change anything. I don't mm-hmm. think um, it, it, it shouldn't have changed anything. It was right. Um, and we're about to get into it, but it, it you know, it again, it, it didn't, nothing mattered at, at that point. I want I just wanted it to be over. Um, yeah. But yeah, great, great play. Um, good, good time management. Um, and I guess you just need a, in a dome all the time because apparently that's the only way your kicker is going to make these kicks. Yeah, uh, yeah. You got anything else to say on this game, Casey? On the Jags side, right? Because I mean, we we're going to cover the Dolphins next? Question mark. Yeah, I mean, you pretty well, much you covered the Dolphins <laughs> earlier. Oh, why? Well, I, I, I let's yeah, get more. into the details, man. Okay. Um. So, I guess I'll do my. A positive swing on it. Try and try and lift your spirits up a little bit. Hit me. There's, well, I mean, first off, you are correct. There's, there's no excuse for losing that game to the Jaguars. The Jaguars are bottom five team in the league. No excuse. However, there's so many injuries, missing, and missing your top two defensive backs your offensive line still being somewhat in flux the throw that ended up being a pick i it seems like Tua's ribs are probably still bothering him no so i i rewatched that it looks like he saw him and kind of like threw it flat-footed because he saw him late and mm-hmm. he almost wanted to pull it back in a way oh okay. and so that's why he didn't get enough on it and like obviously hit him. Like he just, he saw the cornerback uh, basically too late he, and he saw the curl open with water out there and he was like, Oh, goody, goody. And when he um, went to throw it, I think he kind of hesitated and he just didn't get enough on it because mm-hmm. 
something you know it, it just looked a little weird so yeah it, it was i don't think it was anything to do with the injury on, on, on the first watch i was like that was weird that was like it looked like he had no arm strength whatsoever to get over yeah. the cornerback you know if anything you want to overthrow you definitely don't want to underthrow in that situation right um because overthrow means the ball goes out of bounds but no i think that um i think it was a uh it obviously a mistake um that i don't think ended up costing us anything <laughs> but um it, it still it was still was a uh it, it it wasn't like the worst thing. It wasn't like a complete sure. uh, disaster. It was kind of just a he realized it just a split second too late. And he, at least one time I recall, had a pretty open running lane, and I felt like he stopped and threw the ball because he was yeah terrible, terrible third and two. Uh, we're in your on your territory. Easily could have gotten like ten yards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I never saw. If he's if there was someone open on in the down the field, whoever mm-hmm. he ended up throwing to, whoever it was, he completely missed. I don't even know. I, again, I I didn't rewatch that part to see if he had someone open, and he was like, "Well, I can get like twenty yards if I throw it here." But yeah, you got you got to get the first down, on yeah. third down, so, especially in your territory. Dolphins are very hurt, and the Jaguars. Oh boy, the Jaguars' losing streak had to end at some point. And it's it's a London game. It's a weird time. Again, I'm not trying to make excuses for the Dolphins because there's no reason why you should lose to the Jaguars, but it happens, man. That's me trying to lift your spirits about your Dolphins. Thank you. You're welcome. I love you. Here's, here, here, here's, here's the problem. <laughs> we have had this plan basically when we hired Brian Flores and we started a new regime and we knew we were going to be bad two years ago. And, you know, with Brian Flores and Ryan Fitzpatrick, we managed to win five games. Ryan Fitzpatrick for a few of the games. Obviously we had, um, what's his face? Terrible, terrible quarterback. That I can't even remember right now. Matt Moore. No. Uh, the guy for, for the Cardinals. And now he's on the Falcons? Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen. Yeah. There was somehow a QB battle between Josh Rosen and Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I, don't, I don't even, I try to block that part out of my life. But, um, you know, we managed to win five wins that game. And the idea was, was that we're in a rebuild. You know, it's a complete rebuild. Start from the bottom up. Let's just get the pieces. We're in the exact same situation that the Jags are now. Get the pieces. And honestly, we were kind of like a, a year ahead because we didn't get the quarterback yet. We go into the draft, and I mean, I was thrilled to draft Tua, and mm-hmm. I was zooming with you that night, um, and you know I was thrilled. I did not want Justin Herbert. I wanted Tua, and I got him, and it was the most excited that I've ever been about a Dolphins quarterback mm-hmm. last year. We go ten and six, and you know Tua showed signs that he could be our franchise quarterback, and more importantly, we had mostly everything else. Our defense looked great, and we had pieces on offense that we could keep and move forward with. When the offseason happens, I loved our draft, uh, Jalen Waddle. And 
Phillips and Holland and Eichenberg, I thought were great top four picks. Yep. Uh, training camp happens. I'm excited still. Tua looks good. I wanted to make a, a second year leap. I think that the issue that I just did not foresee was such a drop-off in all these things that I thought were just sure things. One thing I never thought was going to be an issue was Brian Flores coaching Mm -hmm. and his assistants and everything like that. I didn't think that part was an issue. Now, granted, I did think offensive play calling could be an issue, but I thought there's no way it could be worse than what Chan Gailey called last year for Tua. And so whatever we throw out there, you know, it looked good so far in the preseason. So I was excited to see this new offense with Tua. And I just didn't think that would be part of the issue. But after this game, that potentially is our biggest issue. Because after watching these first six games of the Miami Dolphins season, looking back, I just see a lot of times where I was like, man, I didn't understand that decision by us. Mm -hmm. And I I don't understand why we're playing it so conservatively. And Brian Flores has said before that his goal is to be in the game at the end of it. Right. The problem with that is that you are going to call game. You're going to call games so conservatively that you are never going to be in a position where you're in a comfortable lead. And you're going to allow teams to come back and win games because you're calling so conservatively. It was uh, very evident in the Colts game where we forego a 50-plus yard field goal from Sanders just to pin him deep when Sanders is relatively one of the better 50 plus yard field goal kickers in the league. And, you know, this game, it really came out how not only the play calling, but this, this, the approach to the game can, can cost you a game. And Mm. I think us not putting the pedal to the metal all the time. And yes, you know, to a through some deep balls in this game, but like, I just don't understand what happened between the drive where we scored our, our touchdown in the second half to the next drive. Like, what is happening where we are just, I mean, we were getting a first down and seemingly every play, and we just ran down the field on you guys. It was like three Giuseppe passes and another tight end, and we scored a touchdown so quickly. And those were only points in the, in the second half. Yeah. And everything from Brian Flores and that offense was just baffling to me. It starts starting from the end. The Malcolm Brown run call was honestly the worst. I would rather see a goal line fade. I know it's at the 50, but a goal line fade in that damn situation because it's just like we're not running the ball at all against you guys. Why would you do that? Why would you run our third best running back into the Jags? Like, why do you think that's your best best play call there? And you got a linebacker who's got the worst coverage grade, who's just getting completely smoked by your tight ends. Like, 
Yeah. How do you not just dial up a play to get Damian Wilson on Gusecki for like a like a five yard curl and just yeah. And I understand Gaskin should have caught the, the previous pass or whatever. Yeah, sure. But like, you know, and it was very disappointing. Gaskin had a very disappointing game, and I, you know, I think second to the coaching was some of the player stuff that I can get to in a second. But honestly, that really goes back up to the GM. But in terms of the coaching, you know, the, the two challenges in a row, losing two timeouts there, that really hurts. Um, only having one timeout late in the game. Um, you know, I think that we just were, you know, after you, you see a drive where these 10 to 15 yard throws are working and then you go right back to the same old stuff that we've been seeing all year long, these short yards, um, passes and these runs, it's just, it's so frustrating to watch that unfold and, you know, it's just going to come back and bite you. And I think how second much, of the go ahead. How much of that do you think is offensive line though? Like time, it's not, it's not. being at, at able this, to allow it's not, it's to not the fucking offensive line. It, calling this uh, calling these game plans at this point has nothing to do with the offensive line because we were doing it when we wanted to. Yeah, it just seemed like there were times where we could throw it twenty to twenty five yards down the field. It happened numerous times in the game. Two out of 440 yards for a reason. They weren't all five-yard outs or short routes. You know, there were deep passes. There were, you know, and some of them, of course, were overturned. There was that offensive pass interference on Mac Hollins, you know, and those types of plays where it seemed like because that happened, we were just like, well, now we're not going to do that again. And it's just so frustrating because you were down defensive backs in an already – one of the worst defensive back rooms in the league. Right. And we have great skill position players giving them a chance to do it. Hell, we we, we converted a four, that fourth and two. After the third down, where two didn't convert, we converted a fourth and two for like 20 yards, and it was to Matt Collins. Like, it, it, it's those types of things where it's just like, why, if we can do that, you know, we still have Jacecki, we still have Jalen yeah. Waddle, and um, it's not like, Albert Wilson and these other guys are terrible. I know we didn't have Parker and Preston Williams, but it's just, it's just it's not the offensive line. It's you know I I, I think sure. that they were fine. Um, roll two out. I don't give a fuck. Do something else. Like I feel like you can still do stuff with a bad offensive line. You yeah. can make great plays. You know why I think that? Because you know I've seen Patrick Mahomes do it, and you know I I think offensive with bad offensive lines can still have shit. The Eagles. You know, I feel like they're throwing deep, yeah. deep plays all the time. Um, and it's not because they have a terrible offensive line. You know, I, I think that there is still the opportunity there. We are just not taking it because we're being super conservative. Mm-hmm. That's the main reason. That's really the only reason I see at this point. It's yeah, to definitely play need to open it up and push the ball down the field we, a little bit more. What are we more. supposed to do now? Like we have these, I don't know, like 50 offensive coordinators and each one's going to call a play or whatever the fuck we're doing at this point. And it's yeah. the middle of the year. And, you know, I, I it, so we're, we're kind of Pick a more aggressive shit. one and let him coach a game. Yeah, well, I, but who? Like there's no one out there that we can get in the middle of the year. So we've got to wait for next year. Yeah, no, no, no. no I mean, whichever one of the two offensive coordinators that you have is the one who's the more aggressive guy. Just let him call a whole game. See what happens. I mean, at this point, we, I, I just, we need to 
I mean, yeah, whoever's calling the plays where this tight end seems 10 to 15 yards down the field, um, you know, those types of plays. Yeah. Um, Let that guy call the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to talk to your defense? Yeah. So, you know, I think that I am looking at the picks that we've made in these past few years, like I said before. And Chris Greer, you know, I think at this point is terrible at drafting. Um, you know, we've, we've made a few good selections, but honestly, I think all the few good selections that we made potentially were this past year. Uh, Javon Holland looks great. Sure. Um, you know, Jalen Phillips, I haven't seen much from him yet. I love Waddle. Um, don't get me wrong there. There were other people available where Waddle was available that potentially would better for this team. Um, but I do love Waddle as a skill position player. Mm-hmm. Um, but beside that, you look at previous years and Austin Jackson and Noah uh, Igabanawe, or the fuck you want to, however you know. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, you know. Yeah, he was he's bad. Missed, he's missed first and second round picks um, multiple times now. And I think that it's costing us here because that's a guy that, you know, we already had a cornerback room. So if you're going to make that type of pick, you know, it's got to count for something. And he mm-hmm. is worthless. He was so terrible. He yeah. got beat terribly against Marvin Jones twice. And it's just so frustrating because he yeah. missed he missed that pick. And it cost us potentially this game just solely by on that play alone. Um, it was a 40-yard Marvin Jones touchdown pass. And I, I, I just, it's like, he doesn't, he didn't even look back. And he just got beat terribly. And then he got beat again on the sideline against Marvin Jones later in the game. And it's just, it, and Austin Jackson at this point, it may be his peak as a guard because uh, he, you know, he's played his best games as a guard and his best games honestly are, are terrible in terms of PFF ratings and things like that. But at least it's something where it's not costing us the game. Yeah. Um, Robert Hunt and Matt Skura, Sure. They're great center, right guard, you know, hoorah. At least we have those two positions like that. I, I can is still a rookie. But he's allowed a ton of pressures and sacks, and he's gotten a couple penalties. And it's just like, um, you know, I don't even know if he—I don't know if he should be a tackle. But unfortunately, we have so many bad offensive linemen that we don't—we we can only put so many yeah. people at guard. There can't be six, five guards. Yeah. And so the all five guard uh, offensive line. We can't hide these terrible players that we've drafted. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just—I don't know. It, 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 I don't think I really realize how much I was going to question coming out of this game um, until like the third or fourth quarter. And I was like, uh, like, holy shit, we're, we're just a bad team. And last year was a mirage. And, you know, I think that if we don't get the turnovers that we got last year, you know, we're probably a six and eight, uh, 10 team, but we just had a, some games that we just had some crazy turnovers over the Raiders game. That was just nuts to the end. And it turns out that we just kind of won all the coin flip games. And that's the only reason we went 10 and six. I think the bills game at the end of the year was more of the team that we are. And also we talked about it. I don't, again, this is another conversation. I don't remember if we had on the podcast or not, but about the PFF podcast, they were talking about how the dolphins were one of the healthier teams last year. And that, that probably, put their wins above expectation higher last year than it would have been uh, and what they probably were projected to win last year. So I am curious 
if we swapped this year and last year, like how different you would feel. Like if last year was this bad and then this year they had nine wins or 10 wins, like it just kind of feels like part of it is the injury. The injuries have hit you kind of hard this year, whereas you were a relatively healthy team last year and your key positions like Xavier Howard, who was so high up in in interceptions and the best corner in, in the game last year, and now you've missed him for this game, and then also your number two guy, which really kind of hurt you. I mean, um, sure, but it's not like Xavier Howard was great in that Bucks game. So yeah, but I mean, it's the Bucks, like. But it's the Bucks. Like we need to be taking a step forward. I think important part of this is that we need to be competitive against the teams that are good. And I understand it was yeah, a bug, I guess but... what I'm saying is like if your team had won five to six games last year, lost those coin flip games, had some injuries that kind of lost them a couple of games, would you feel that way this year? Like would you would you realistically feel like they should be competing with the Bucks if they had only won six games last year? Well, the answer would be yes, right? Because the natural progression basically would be we're healthy now and we only won six games last year. Right. And so we need to be a 10 to 12 okay. league team. Sure. And I, I think if you're going to be a 10 to 12 league, you need at least have to be competitive in these games. Um, and that's not even to mention the fact that we're talking about the one good team that we played there. We also got destroyed by the Colts. We lost against the Raiders. And we just got lost against the Jags. So, um, you know, it doesn't even... I, I, I understand what you're saying. And yes, we've had some injuries. But the injuries are not the reason why we're losing these games. Okay. Uh, and I can also tell you from experience, missing on first-round picks, even if you're getting pretty good second- and third-round picks, eventually it'll catch up to you. And your GM will soon be working with the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Got anything else, Casey? No. Okay. Well, Casey, let's move on to the week seven preview. And I said preview, not previews because the Jags taking a victory lap this week and they're on by. Um, so we're just looking at the Falcons at the Dolphins, a one o'clock kick. And I, again, do not have the line. So if you could get that, Casey, for us, that would be awesome while I get the injury report. It's, it's Dolphins plus two and a half at home. Yikes. Okay. And our injury report. Oh, Casey, you got to spell Emmy correctly. Uh, Jalen Phillips was limited in practice today. He's questionable. What the heck? Uh, Tua, also limited in practice still. Austin Jackson, limited in practice. Malcolm Brown, Jacoby Brissett. All of these players, uh, Byron Jones, Greg Mansk, <laughs> Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, Xavier Howard. Man, all limited. Uh, practice on Wednesday, questionable for week seven. So again, another week with 
some big players questionable for the Falcons. Dante Fowler did not practice. He's questionable for week seven. And I don't really know the Falcons well enough to know if literally any of these other people matter. That's looking like pretty much their only injury that it's going to be a starter. I don't know who this Jalen Hawkins character is. So let's say Dante Fowler, defensive end, did not practice with a knee injury. Questionable for week seven. Casey. We're going to do two key positional matchups, one for offense, one for defense. Let's start first on uh, offense. Dolphins, O-line, worst pass blocking grade. You're down there again, Casey, 45.8. Versus the Falcons, pass rush, which is third worst, 61.8. Casey, if the Dolphins can't keep to a clean and not pressured here, will they ever? Yeah. um, I mean, I don't. I guess the answer is no. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what the the what the uh, run defense is for the Falcons in terms of um, while you're looking at that up. I I, I will um, vape a little. I, I think that the offense last this past week showed that they can uh, get some serious yardage and move the football. And I think that hopefully we will be making some changes internally um, that we won't be so conservative like we were. Um, Run defense for the Falcons tied with the Jaguars at 10th worst, 53.6. Okay. Um, Well, that doesn't mean much for us because the Jags held us in check. Um, I was hoping they would be the worst, but I do think, I do think we can, we will, you know, hopefully post a similar passing game um, against the Falcons, hopefully with it a few more scores <laughs> and mm-hmm. um you know i think that that kind of is our key to victory um look i i kind of alluded to this i, I don't think the jacks game and in, in any way was to his fault um i thought he was great he made some great passes he only made a couple mistakes um that i remember and i know the pick was a bad pick but uh they didn't you guys didn't score off of that and i i, I think that it's there there are some positive things to take from that game that, you know, Tua can still be um, a good quarterback in this league. And, you know, if he plays for us this week, um, I think that, yeah, I just want to see more of that growth. And against a bad Falcons defense, I expect a similar game that I saw against the Jags, um, but hopefully with some more aggressive play calling. Yeah, I feel like this could be a good get right game for the for the Dolphins going forward with their offense letting to a play a little bit more aggressively. If if they do that, if they can unlock some more Jalen Waddle. I thought that last week would have been Jalen Waddle's breakout game. He was playing pretty well. I think if they can utilize him some more, utilize Kaseki with some of those seams and unlock their running game that has been dormant so far i think that they have an opportunity here to kind of get their offense rolling casey against a pretty bad falcons team i definitely feel and it's probably a little bit of bias that the jags have more as we were talking about more pieces more guys that are defensive players to build around with 
Josh Allen, Miles Jack, who didn't play in that game, but he's still a piece to build around. Um, Shaq Griffin's been pretty good against number one wide receivers, albeit he has dropped some turnovers. I think that the Jags do have some better starters and some better pieces to build around than the Falcons. So I do think the Falcons are, are a little bit worse of a defense than, than the Jaguars. And you get them in your own place. Sure. You got anything else you want to say about your offense? No. Okay. Defensively, we are looking at the Dolphins secondary, now middle of the pack, graded at 59.4 for their uh, coverage, versus the Falcons pass catchers, who are 20th at 70.6. Uh, Falcons have a good grade, but this should be a get-right game, as I was saying before. Again, for the secondary if they can cover Pitts and surprisingly Corderell Patterson, who's been playing really well, Casey, as the Falcons are pretty limited in the skill position, right? Yeah. Casey, <laughs> you're to give me a little bit more than that. This is a podcast where we talk about football. <laughs> I don't care anymore. We're talking about your team right now. <laughs> I don't care about us anymore. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think I... <laughs> I, I mean, we, I got to hope that a couple of our cornerbacks or at least one of our cornerbacks is back mm-hmm. because Noah being out there is just not great. Um, and, if you could push him down the depth chart, I think you're okay. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he doesn't see the field, I feel pretty good about it. You know, How I, do you I, feel? What do you, who do you think the Dolphins should deploy on pits? Um, Eric Rowe is fine. I, I think Eric Rowe has okay. been pretty good against tight ends. Uh, sure. you know, we, we haven't really had a bad, a bad game against us, um, by a tight end and, um, they don't, the Falcons don't seem to know how to utilize, um, a very talented receiver there. So, uh, Until last you know, week, what? well, two weeks ago, they had their buy this. Yeah. They, they, he had his best week. He had his best week two weeks yeah, ago. And he had his best, best week, um, in the previous game. So, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I like Coppett, so hopefully they, they use him more. Um, and, you know, I, I think that Eric Rowe and him is fine. Uh, Nick Needham in the slot is great. Uh, you know, I, I like our defensive back room when they're healthy. Um, it's just, it, it'll be tough without those two guys. I mean, it could be a really big game for mm-hmm. um, a couple of these Falcons receivers. I also do but, feel like defensively, you have an opportunity here against Matt Ryan, who's not the most mobile of characters in their uh, offensive I, we, line. We it's not great. Sacks. I mean, look, the, you got to get some pressure here, here is, to, is to get into that backfield. And I, yeah. you know, I want to see some Jalen Phillips. I want to see some um, Ogba and, um, and Ginko and those guys to get back there because yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, we need, we need to apply pressure because our biggest risk is allowing those uh, speed receivers and talented receivers right. to get space after some time. And so, you know, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. And, you know, they don't have a run game. So I, I, it's really just a, it's a one-dimensional offense. Right. And, um, I mean, look, <laughs> a few weeks ago, I wouldn't think that this game is much of an issue for us. But um, I don't know. I, I, at this point, like, I'm not sure, sure, sure if we can beat anyone. So. All right, Casey. <laughs> let's, let's pick it. Go ahead. What you got? I don't. I don't. I don't want to say. <laughs> uh, Dolphins win. Okay. Yeah. No. The Falcons win this game. 
I'm so sorry, Casey. <laughs> I'm so sorry that they've done this to you. You don't deserve this. Dolphins fans listening, you don't deserve this. I'm sorry that you're in this place. And as a Jaguars fan, let me just say, I not only empathize with you, but I also sympathize. I got both of the pathizes for you. I'm sorry that your team has done you like this. You don't deserve it as football fans. Okay, so let's do something fun, man. Let's snap out of this, okay? Yeah. Let's play some. Let's do some role play, Casey. You want to role play with me? I've been dreaming of this moment my entire life. <laughs> Casey and I, we're gonna we're gonna do some we're gonna do some uh, after dark role play now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, what we're gonna do is we are gonna role play, but we're gonna do role play GM edition. We're the trade deadline's right around the corner. It's gonna be November second, so Casey and I are going to act as a GM and we will select the other person as a GM for a different team. And we will call each other with opportunities, either attempting to move a player or attempting to pick up a player. Casey, I'll go first. Feel free to add in any like uh, phone ringing sound effects that you'd like. Not going to. Whatever you prefer to do here, <laughs> no, Casey. No sound you can work here. here. You can work yeah. your magic. No. Uh, Casey, Maybe after when I'll add sound effects again in this fucking. <laughs> podcast, but until then, you get shit. Casey, okay. I washed my I washed my Trevor Lawrence jersey before that game, and Laura wore my Trevor Lawrence T-shirt, and that's what we got to do from here on out for the rest of the season. Cool. I'll Not washing dolphin, the Trevor Lawrence. I wear my again. dolphin shirt every week, so you guys can win more games too. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. E- okay, Casey, I will be. Jerry Jones here. You. What a dream. <laughs> will be less need of the Los Angeles Rams. Okay. I'm holding, I'm holding for some some phone ringing. I'm sound not text. putting the fucking phone music in. It's going to move on, buddy. <laughs> bring, 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 bring. Wes, are you there? Are we actually, we're doing this this much? I thought we were just going to propose trades. <laughs> Casey, I yeah, wanted to I'm, pretend I'm to be Jerry Jones. Who is it? <laughs> hey, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's Jerry Jones. This is my Jerry Jones oh, accent. No. This is, oh, hey, no. uh, I'm Jerry Jones. Hold, hold on, Les. I couldn't tell you hold, what Les Need looks like. <laughs> hold on, Les. I, my, my my griddle just got here. I can't find my salt shaker. Hold please. Hold please. Let me put some salt on this McGriddle real quick. Oh God, Les Need looks like such a tool. He's such a bro. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a pretty normal. He's got a pretty normal sounding voice. All right, enough of the play, Casey. Tony Pollard Ooh. to the Rams, sure, for a third round pick, conditional second, if the Rams make the Super Bowl. This is their missing piece on offense. As the Los Angeles as the Los Angeles Rams GM, I have decided that I don't give a shit about draft picks, so. <laughs> I'll give you my yeah. whole draft for whoever you want because yeah. I don't care about draft picks. All I care about are players that are already in the NFL. And so, yeah. hell yeah, I'm taking this deal. And honestly, I would. I mean, sh- that's a, I mean, look, in all honesty, um, the Cowboys had something with Tony Pollard, and mm-hmm. he is just kind of covered up. This is just a weird situation with Zeke, and you know, I feel like it could be a Chubb and Hunt type situation, but I just haven't really seen that 
pan out yet. And I, I, yeah. I do think that the Rams have a good shot this year. And um, as this is other... what I imagine is their missing piece on offense is running back. They, their yeah. running game has been fairly non-existent. I mean, they get Cam Akers back next year and sure. Tony Pollard's contract is good through 2022, which is one of the reasons why I was look, kind of looking at it as the Cowboys. They can't pay two running backs. So they will have to move on from Tony Pollard. And this is probably the peak of what you're going to be able to get for him. Yeah, I like it. I mean, Henderson looked good last week against the Giants, but it's the Giants, so I don't really care about that performance. You know, I, I do think that Tony Pollard would be an upgrade, and I think that he definitely would be an upgrade in terms of, you know, most backfields besides like the Titans have two right. running backs back there. And so, you know, having a second guy is a great idea. And um, I I said this before the season, I really like Tony Pollard. And so I, uh, I, I of course, would be all over this, like – salt on a the griddle <laughs> <laughs> did you did you ever watch hard knocks did you get to watch jerry no, jones did not, did not. pour salt all over his sausage mcgriddle it was one <laughs> of the most disgusting things i've ever seen in my life i see as I, a I, salt saw, I, saw the, I feel like i saw the clip on twitter but i, did I not probably sent it to you all right your turn casey oh wait you know, first you want to grade my jerry jones uh uh 10 out of 10 a plus thank you thank you um, just punch my microphone. Okay. All right. So I, my good sir, <laughs> M. Jerry Jones. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, unexpected. And I'm just gonna say you're urban here because that's that's who I want to call in this situation. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um. When you call me, there will be lots of club sounds in yeah, the background. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so Get my good. phone out of this girl's back pocket. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm calling you up, and I am saying, look, bucko, I will give nice. you <laughs> Michael Gallup for Mr. Taven Bryan and a third-round pick. I'm giving you the third as well. Yes. Michael Gallup. Let me give you some contract information on this because I think that will yeah. potentially um, make a difference. Uh, it will make a difference, sure. obviously. It's Michael Gallup's last year on his contract. Mm-hmm. And it's also Taven's last year on his contract. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because they did not pick up the fifth-year option. So I don't believe that you could trade him and then another team would be able to pick up the fifth-year option. I don't think. Huh. So I like the idea. This was one of the trades that, not this trade specifically, but I was thinking of like players at the end of their contract. Like I was thinking about trying to do like a, a Brandon Scherf to the Jaguars mm. just because you get them into your building and you have an opportunity to sign them before anybody else does. But some players might be interested in hitting the free market again. I don't, think that I would be willing to do it for a third round pick because I still think the Jags need a lot of stuff. So I might be willing to either push the third round pick to a later year or do it for a fourth round pick this year, Casey. Or sorry, Jerry. <laughs> um, How do you feel about that? Either a 2023 third rounder or a 2022 sec- or 2022 
third rounder. Yeah, I I don't fourth. know my plans with Michael Gallup right now. You know, I just I I have no idea what I'm going to do with him. You know, he is a good wide receiver. Don't get me wrong, but he is obviously third in the totem uh, with Amari yeah. Cooper and C.D. Lamb. Right. So, you know, it's kind of. I feel like the Cowboys are in this weird situation where, you know, will they pay him in the offseason when they no. just have so many holes on defense? And, you right. know, I think um, they will have more to improve on defense, I should say. So, I, I, I you know, that's the whole idea of what, right, why I would take a shot at a guy like David Bryan in a new situation and hope that mm-hmm. he takes, a, you know, takes a leap. But uh, so I, I would probably still make the trade if it's for a little bit of a later pick. Yeah. Um, I do I do like it for the Jags as a deep threat that's kind of missing with Chark out. Um, yeah, my only issue is that at this point you're one in five. You're not going anywhere this year, so you, you trade for a my, player my, who might not be I on your team think, again next year. I don't really know Michael Gallup. Like I'm Jerry Jones. I have no idea who I'm talking about right now. <laughs> yeah, I've never talked to this guy in my life. No, but no, my point being is that I don't know if he's a guy that wants to be like a number one wide receiver. Mm. And I kind of think he would have that chance. He would have a lot more opportunities with Jacksonville. Um, you know, he would be the um, he would be up there in terms of it's like you know Visca obviously is part of your future, but I think right. Visca would be great in the slot more often and basically uh, have. Gallup as your outside deep threat guy, and I think that he would be alone there compared to the Cowboys, where there's a lot of congestion. So I don't really know what Michael Gallup wants. Does he want money? Does he want a championship? Does he want um, to be the you know number one wide receiver? So right, that he, would just, that's just like yeah, that's what that like that's my risk, the unknown of what would be coming after this year. If he had a second year on this contract, I probably would do your deal that you gave straight up. But just because of like the risk of the unknown of the yeah. player. I would just have to try and mitigate it a little bit and kind of try and push back that draft pick because I think third round picks are pretty important. I wouldn't want to lose a third round pick for a guy to be a a, a one year rental. Yeah, I I understand that. Um, I do think you you know you're going to have to commit to a wide receiver last year uh, next year. Sure. Um, and so I don't know if that's Chark. I don't know if that's another free agent. Devonte uh, Adams. Please. I don't know. If, but kind of like what you're saying, you get him in the building, and they might. Have yeah. a, you might have a better shot for sure. signing him. Which um, is why I'm willing to give you Taven Bryan in a, in a fourth this year or a third in two years. Do you accept sure. that, Casey? Yeah. I okay. All right. Let's move on. I'm going to save my spiciest one for last. Casey, I am Andrew Barry. Wait, is that right? Yes. I am Andrew Barry. The Browns general manager. You are Mickey Loomis. Maybe Sean Payton, the Saints general manager. Sure. I'm calling you for a wide receiver swap. We've got you've got a wide receiver. I've got a wide receiver. Ooh. They both. I need... already know where you're going with this. I I love it. I accept. They straight up. No. Damn it. They both. <laughs> they both need a change of scenery. I think Odell Beckham doesn't fit the Browns. It doesn't fit my team, the Browns, because I'm Andrew Barry. Right. <laughs> but I do think that with Baker, I think that Michael Thomas would be a better fit. And I think 
with Jameis, your guy, OBJ would be a better fit. A, 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 an outside guy, maybe he can find his form with the Giants again. So here's what I am going to propose to you. OBJ and a fourth for Michael Thomas. OBJ under contract through 2023, KC. Michael Thomas under contract through 2024. Damn, is he really? Yep. Um, I'm kind of surprised by the Michael Thomas thing. He's yeah. kind of fucked, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is like his only chance to get out. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 I still like it. I, I still, I still think that is a great idea. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't know. I, I I watched watching the Browns Chargers game. I just didn't think OBJ, um, was really excited to be there and being you know one up by guys like Peoples Jones and things like that. And I, I don't think he was being used enough for him to be happy. And he just seems to be dropping the ball a lot. And so, um, I and I don't think that's a talent thing. I don't. I think they're right. maybe misusing him a little bit. Um, I would like to see him to get out in the open a little bit more open field, um, have some shorter passes, have some screen passes with him. They doesn't really use him that way. I do think a change of scenery would be great for him. And the same thing for Michael Thomas, although he's been injured. So we haven't really seen that connection. I don't yeah, know. He's uh, Michael on the pup still, but yes. it also kind of seems much like what was going on with Stefan Gilmore where he's not really interested in playing for this team anymore. So sure. he could have maybe already come back, but he's just not really interested in playing for the saints. Right. And so you got to cut your ties at that point. Um, I think it's, it's the, if you don't think you're going to salvage it, you know, the relationship. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would make this trade just because, um, you know, I don't, if I don't think Michael Thomas is going to play another down for the saints and he already had complaints about Winston in the off season, I think that, um, I would rather have a guy that is very talented and try to bring him back to where he was as a giant. Yeah, and I think that they're both better fits for the offense. Like, like you're saying, like Odell is better at those kind of slants, but I Jarvis Landry is a possession receiver, but he's been hurt a lot the last couple of years. And I think Michael Thomas would be a player that you could bring in and he can play that that slot possession receiver role for a team that really would like to lean on that, I think, more. And Odell is just like he's such a dynamic field stretcher and speed guy that I think could kind of take the top off of uh, the defense for the Saints. So I think it's a, a deal that works out for both teams. The reason why I went with adding in the fourth with OBJ for Michael Thomas is just because Michael Thomas has got that that peak that's been more recent, which is why I did that. Yeah, I understand that. They're both 28, though, which is kind of surprising. So, right. yeah. Look, they, they still have some years ahead of them. Um, that uh, you know, in terms of being the prime of their career, so yeah, let's let's um let's do it. All right, you're up. I am gonna be Chris motherfucking Greer. <laughs> <coughs> I'm sorry. And um, you are gonna be Brian Gutkonst. <laughs> mm. 
Just the Packers. Uh, yes, I'm yeah. aware. Yeah. So, what would you say? Okay, I'm going to take that back because you might actually answer it a different way. I think the Packers' biggest need right now is a cornerback. And I do think that G.R. Alexander is going to be out for a bit, potentially a whole year. I don't remember what exactly his injury status is, okay. but they need a cornerback. And there's a couple out there that could be, could be potential suitors. And we, we talked about Kyle Fuller a little bit off the pod. But I have another team that's one in five. And at this point, might not have a future. <laughs> uh, and potentially don't have a future with this player, even though they agreed to restructure. And that's Xavier Howard. I, I think that at this point, I don't know what we're doing with Xavier Howard if we're actually farther away from being a contender than we than we thought we were. And it seems pointless to be paying him more money this this these next couple of years restructuring after you know basically front loading the contract so we would have more flexibility these coming years. But that flexibility is pointless if you're not actually a contender. So you may as well trade him. Um if you're gonna have to back out on that anyway and pay him more. Mm -hmm. And so Trade him for a first-round pick. Yeah, so since we're role-playing, if this were me, I probably wouldn't do this because I would be looking at the future of my Packers team and thinking, where are we going to be next year with a good cornerback but no quarterback? Like That's not where you really want to be as a team. But as you and I have talked about, GMs never know whether their job is for certain in the following season. You never know what's going to happen. Maybe Aaron Rodgers shows up and it's like, hey, if Gutekunst isn't there, I'll continue to play for the Packers and they fire him. But if he was able to win a Super Bowl this year, it would be very hard for them to out Gutekunst. So I think that you were correct. This is a piece that they're missing. They went out and they got um, Jalen Smith off of the scrap heap to try and make their defense better. They did not look much better, but they still need help in the secondary. I will do this and take my Packers to the Super Bowl. Thanks for the call, Greer. Goody out. Okay, Casey. My third and final one. And I do want to remind you that you are role-playing this GM. This is not you. I also would like to remind the people out there but this was not Casey's decision. This is, in fact, Casey, you were Chris Greer. I. I hate it. I hate my life already. <laughs> I will be Nick Casario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The GM of the Texans. Uh-huh. I had another, I had a, I had another good script for this role play. You want to hear Go it, Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So your phone's ringing. Your phone's ring, ringing. Ring. <laughs> Chris Greer answers. Nick Casario can be heard shouting in the background no i don't know what i'm doing bill used to always handle this stuff i have no clue what's going on yeah i'm getting a little desperate i'm not really sure what the fuck i'm doing here why did they even hire me oh chris are you there <laughs> all right deshaun watson for two firsts and a third conditional second if he plays 75% of the snaps next year. So that pick would be a 2023 pick. Um, 
I'm Chris Greer. You are Chris Greer. And I am I'm, I, 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 I am flying <laughs> to Houston myself. Yeah. And putting Deshaun Watson on a plane. Okay. Because I can't draft. So what are picks good to me? You know, it's it's like the Rams, except the Rams potentially could draft, but we will never know because they never have the picks. Mm-hmm. I can't make a pick to save my life. And one thing I do need to say right now is my GM job because it's definitely at risk. And I know my owner really wants Deshaun Watson. And so I'm going to make that trade in a heartbeat. I thought about just calling Steve Ross, but I feel like that would be too smart of a move for Nick Casario to do. Like he would definitely <laughs> call the GM. He's not calling the owner. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going on there. Look, and you know, I think right now there's, there's rumors, right. That, um, you know, Texans don't want to, uh, so to, so and the Dolphins aren't going to want to if they trade for Deshaun Watson. Mm. So Tua is going to have to go somewhere else, whether that be Washington or Denver. They'll get a pick back, hypothetically, at first. And we'll use that to supplement our current picks, which is three over the next couple of years, um, to you know make um, a, a package that will get Deshaun Watson here. Um, I think that, look, uh, it's as a Dolphins fan, it's a move of desperation. Because Deshaun Watson is not going to fix his team this year. I didn't walk away from that Dolphins game thinking, hey, you know what we need is uh, an, an upgrade at quarterback because that's what's missing. Um, what we need is better play calling, better management of a game, better offensive better line. line. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, a healthier defense. Um, a defense that, for, you know, I guess is is having problems lining up and knowing who they're supposed to cover, and uh, it's 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 concerning on so many levels that they think that Deshaun Watson's it's going to fix this, it, you know, when it's just simply not going to. And I know we've had a few years of Deshaun Watson contract left, but there's nothing that makes me think that this administration all the way down to the, the coaches and all the way up to the GM will be able to write the ship just because we have Deshaun Watson, um, who may or may not play. But if I'm Chris Greer, I think that I am the first one on the chopping block if there's going to be firings this offseason because Brian Flores at least made a you know team that had won five games the year prior and didn't make many acquisitions in the offseason, um, a 10-win team. And basically, they outperformed um, their talent. And so what have I done? I've, I've missed so many picks. Um, I have done some free agent things. You know, Shaq Lawson from McKendrick, that trade didn't go anywhere. Um, Kyle Van Noy potentially is a much bigger loss than we thought he was going to be. Um, I didn't make any acquisitions on the offensive line that are noteworthy and are helpful. And so, yeah, my, my job is the most at risk. So I'm going to be trading for someone that could potentially save it. Okay. Hit me with your last one, Casey. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'll, I'll be Chris Ballard, <laughs> the Colts GM. You could be fucking Chris Greer because I'm tired of being him. <laughs> Okay. Um, and uh, so 
I'm going to trade Marlon Mack for a third-round pick. To the Dolphins? Sure. What? I would not take this one. Like, I don't know. There are definitely other teams I feel like that would be better for this. I don't know what a running back is going to do to help improve the Dolphins. Like, I feel like it's just they already aren't utilizing what they have. What is adding another running back to a running back room that already has a guy that, again, I'm Chris Greer, but I'm still looking at this through the lens of uh, of Baxter. Like, I, Miles Gaskin can be a starter in this league. I don't know. You bring in a Marlon Mack, it's just kind of a crowded room. I probably would not take this deal. Yeah, I think that um, my thought process really is just that, <laughs> and I don't want to be Chris Greer again, but just my thought process as Chris Greer, um, is that I'm going to be making moves to save my job. And I have not seen... I know what you're saying about utilization, but I'm I'm afraid. My biggest fear is that the Dolphins are not seeing the problems that they are actually having. Mm-hmm. And in their mind, it's oh, we're just like the the talent on some of these positions is the issue, not the the way we're using them. And so they will try to conceivably upgrade at these positions, such as running back, thinking that's the problem and that will be the solution. Um, and so that's what my line of thinking yeah. is. Yeah, I'm probably not doing this deal just because I think the Dolphins felt pretty good about their running backs going into the season. I don't, I don't see why they would be moving off of that and having a fourth running back under contract. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say no to this one, Casey. Sorry, Chris. Fine. I'm hanging up. <laughs> All right. Casey, that was a good one. I enjoyed that thoroughly. I enjoy role-playing with you. <laughs> Role-play with you anytime. Yeah. All right. Now it's time for everybody's favorite, Casey's Casino Corner. Oh, shit. All right. Um, okay, so things are back up with Casey's Casino Corner. Two for three last week uh, yeah, on yeah, the pod. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let's let's move on to this week. <clears throat> Start off with, I don't know if I gave this bet on the pod, but uh, I did bet the Titans in real life, plus six and a half. Sorry. They were plus six. They were plus six against the Bills. Um, and... They not only covered, they won. And so Titans are hosting the Chiefs plus five and a half. Basically, Vegas is saying the Chiefs are a half point worse than the Buffalo Bills, which if you watch the Chiefs-Buffalo game in Kansas City, that is far from the case. I think that this Chiefs defense is scary. I think that Derrick Henry ran over the Bills, and he will run even more over the Chiefs. And I do think that another week of no Chipotle and injury recovery for those Titans wide receivers and AJ Brown and Julio Jones 
hopefully feel a little bit better. And I, you know, just have that fear um, about the Chiefs defense. And I, I think the Titans defense looked pretty decent last week against the Bills. Um, and at home, giving five and a half points to the Chiefs, I mean, I, I think that's kind of crazy to think that basically the Chiefs are going to win by a touchdown or more um, in Tennessee. Uh, so I like Titans plus five and a half. So Titans to cover is basically your stance. Is that what you're saying? You think Titans are going to win? Uh, I don't know about that. Or you but think I Titans are going to cover I don't the points? Losing by a touchdown. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that they'll cover, but I, at this point, I don't know if any Chiefs game is going to be close anymore or a blowout anymore because I, their defense literally cannot stop anybody. The only safety who has missed more tackles than my boy Andrew Wingard is Dan Sorensen for the Chiefs. Dude can't tackle anybody. I am terrified for his life when Derrick Henry comes running at him. Uh, Titans cover, but I still believe in the Chiefs enough to think that they win this game. Alrighty. Next one. Colts, 49ers, under 44.5 points. I think that the 49ers is very much still a running team. And uh, no matter who their quarterback is, they have not scored a lot of points this week. Mm-mm. I think the Colts did score a good amount of points last week against the Texans, but overall, still not a very good offense. Um, probably going to rely on Jonathan Taylor a lot in this game. Uh, I think I see a lot of running, uh, not a lot of explosive plays, not a lot of points. Therefore, Colts 49ers under 44 and a half. Something like a 2017, 20 to 13 uh, type of game. Uh, you're so good at betting. I just don't see how I could <laughs> refute this point. But also, yeah, I think you're right. Okay. <laughs> really into it. He said I wasn't into the role play thing. But you're fucking staring at your phone right now. Uh, and honestly, I don't appreciate it. Last one is a tease. Oh, God. Okay. Let me put you my phone down. Up. Put the phone down. <laughs> tease. Six-point tease. Okay. Both teams have to cover this. Adjusted line. Six points adjusted. First one, Patriots are playing the Jets. They are seven-point favorites. Tease them down to one. They basically what? they just had to beat the Jets. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But how are they seven-point favorites? As in, I know that the Jets aren't very good, but the Patriots are are not a touchdown favorite. That's insane. I'm not. I'm not telling you that you're wrong. It's just that's crazy. You think that the Patriots should be less or more of a favorite? I am confused about what you Less of a favorite. That is ludicrous. The Jets are a terrible team, and the Patriots has almost beat the Cowboys. Patriots are very good. I, I mean, I, based on the performance that, uh, that I saw last week, I was surprised at how well the Patriots did after the previous week against the Texans. And I think that yeah. as this week goes They're a roller coaster. weeks go on, you know, I think at the end of the Texan game, look, the Patriots ended up covering for me because that offense can get going. And Mac Jones is a decent quarterback. And I do think that, you know, there were some fluky things in that Texans game where Harris bumbled at the one-inch line and things like that. And so, you know, I am also betting the Patriots 
uh, I got him at minus six and a half because I honestly I do think that they already dominated the Jets this 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 year. Belichick against rookie quarterbacks is just usually a feast, and I, I think that mm. um, I like that. The other line though that I am betting with that tease is the Dolphins. I'm going to tease him up to plus eight and a half. And, you know, as much as I have said that I don't like where the Dolphins are going and I'm not choosing them to win this game, I think the position they're in at home and the Falcons are a very bad team, getting giving them eight and a half points so long as Tua is playing, I, I do think that the Dolphins will cover that. I don't, I don't see yeah. them losing by uh, more than a touchdown. Uh, yeah. which would be the case here. And, um, you know, I, I do think that, we, you know, it's it, if we're going to lose, it's going to be a it's going to be a field goal type game. I, you know, I don't think we're getting blown out by the Falcons. Um, hypothetically, some of the guys that did not play last week are going to play in my um, in this scenario. But uh, with that being said, I do think I um, the Dolphins will cover that adjusted line at plus eight and a half. Yeah, I mean, I already picked the Dolphins to win. So, yeah, yeah. I I would definitely take this one and I take that. I mean, I, as much as I said, it's just like, as you've taught me in this is a lot of games are less than touchdown wins. It's just kind of crazy to think that the Patriots in a roller coaster of a season would be favored by a touchdown in any game. But I guess it's technically less than that because they get the three points for being at home. So it's really more like they're four point favorites. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on this one, Casey. Yeah, I had so many bets All three. last week that I had. Um, I had the Titans plus six and the Bills plus four in a tease, and I managed to cover both <laughs> because I teased, I teased the Bills ten points um, the other way, and because the Bills lost by three, I uh, I won. So hooray! Both I can won we, both bets. So anyway, can we just real touch quick touch on NBA uh, analysts? not ever talking about football ever again. Did you see this Chris Broussard thing? Did you did you ever see this? Oh, he I don't think so. said that the reason why the Bills lost is because when they went to sneak, they no longer had Taylor Luan as their left tackle because he had gotten hurt earlier in the game. Yeah, no, that's not that's not what happened. Bills left tackle Taylor Luan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that 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 that's not that's not what happened. Chris man. Broussard, <laughs> don't talk about football ever again. Um. Yeah, that that that's rough. Uh, and uh, it definitely wasn't that either. It wasn't even like the left tackle is the reason why they they didn't get the sneak. Even if that yeah. was the case, you even know what I mean. Was, even if they traded left tackles yeah, in the correct. middle of the game, yeah. and Taylor Lewan was the Bills the Bills left tackle. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah. Go ahead. You got anything else for me, Casey? Uh, oh God, please end it. Please end it. Okay. All. We will be back next week. Our spooky, spectacular Halloween episode. <laughs> We're probably not going to do anything spooky. I might dress up because Ooh. my daughter has decided what we're dressing up as. Okay. Ellie's a ballerina. Oh. Like Laura, it. a dog. Oh. Laura, she says a pup pup. Yeah. Daddy, dressing up as a chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get yeah, in a yeah. chicken onesie. Yeah. I'll walk around this neighborhood as a chicken. 
Oh yeah, so, chicken a chicken onesie in Melbourne, Florida in October. Yeah, it'll be a little warm. So enjoyable. Laura's like, you're gonna be complaining the whole time. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I was yeah. like, ah, I'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. We'll be back next week with a review and some previews and another fun game, Casey. Don't forget to rate and subscribe for us on Apple Podcasts if you'd be so kind. You can also email us at surfandartificialturf, all one word, at gmail.com. And also you can follow us on Twitter. Same thing, surfandartificialturf, all one word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys next time on the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. Thank you.